Hey guys, so we've got an interesting podcast. You know what? I say that every time, but it really is an interesting podcast today. <laughs> it is. You do say that every time, but the problem is that we have these stellar guests every time, so it's always interesting. I know. Well, today, okay, we're talking to a woman that is the uh, Senior Sustainability Scientist uh, at ASU's Global Institute of Sustainability and Innovation. Uh, she's a professor at the School of Community Resources and Development at the Watts College of Public Service and Community Solutions. Wow. Um, I know. <laughs> She's the director of the Center for Sustainable Tourism at the Watts College. And she's been actually conducting research for over 20 years in the areas of recreation, parks, tourism, natural resources. And she's just a wealth of info when it comes to sustainable tourism. Definitely. You well, want... she sounds great. Yeah. Welcome, Christine. Yeah. <laughs> Christine, hi. Hi, Neil. Hi, Randy. Can, can you elaborate a little bit on, on that huge lead-in that I did? I mean, because you've got a lot of uh, accreditations. You've done a lot of really cool stuff in the uh, sustainable tourism industry that, um, that has benefited, you know, people, the land. It, it's been a lot of really cool research and stuff that you do. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit on some of the, the high points of what you've done? I I will. So I want to share a little bit about myself and how I got into this field, because I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later in this interview this morning. So um, my undergraduate degree was in business. I was an accounting major. I went and worked in industry and public accounting. And at that time, sort of really learned about how uh, uh, discipline can use principles and standards and evaluate so part of me um, going into academics and really having a, a focus on sustainability is also about having these principles and standards and accountabilities that we all um, really need to be following and really need to own and um, show that we care about both people and our planet through sustainability activities. And I've had... Uh, probably now 25 years of experience being a tourism and parks and recreation professor. And sustainability is is still pretty new. I'd say it's a concept that has come into its light in the last 10 or 15 years. And it really works well with parks, recreation, and tourism because I think many of the parks and recreation principles and standards are already got, they already have sustainability baked into them. And so today, uh, myself and my graduate students and other faculty at Arizona State are really trying to work at a community level to try to get communities to uh, both identify with and understand and really try to practice some of these sustainability concepts at a community development level. And you, you can't see us, but we're both over here nodding in approval to everything you're yes. saying. Especially. Yeah, I mean, that's something that me and Neil are definitely super passionate about here at State Parks is making sure that people know the leave no trace rules and things like that. Um, and just making sure that we can educate the people who are using the parks while we take care of them so that they can help us take care of them. Right. Especially now since the whole COVID thing, there's so mm -hmm. many more people out there enjoying the outdoors. And I think a lot of them don't understand 
the necessity of recreating responsibly and paying attention to sustainable tourism principles. Oh, yeah. And I think we've had this conversation from a few different angles, which is really cool. I mean, we've had like the park level hiker ranger kind of perspective. We've had the tribal perspective. So I'm really excited to hear more about what you have to say, Christine. And it's great you guys are um, bringing this to the agency. I have a couple graduate students that work at Arizona Office of Tourism, and they're doing the same. It's sort of a bottoms up sort of through the agency trying to bring, again, more attention and commitment to sustainability concepts in our parks and our communities in Arizona. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, it's, it's really important to us. And you're actually no stranger to the parks. You were on one of our boards at one time, correct? I was. I am very passionate about trails. And I uh, served on some trails groups in Michigan, where I, I moved from. And when I came to Arizona, I thought this would be a good way to get to know state parks a little bit better, as well as um, meet more trail advocates in the state. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what exactly sustainable tourism is? So sustainable tourism is about committing to some principles and standards that are are better for people, better for the planet, as well as have some economic home runs as well. And it's about equity. It's about preservation. It's about forward thinking. And it's about doing things at more of a community level. And that doesn't necessarily mean a town. It could just be a group of individuals that are forming some kind of network or community to sort of bond together and and advocate for for their um, for the earth and for people that live on the earth. I love that. That was beautifully said. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. That was really good. <laughs> I, I was over here like pumping my fist. That was awesome. <laughs> Are you crying, Randy? I'm crying a little yeah. bit. There's just, it's, there's just like a branch in my eye, maybe. <laughs> right. it's, all that, it's all that sustainability. Just <laughs> No, I, I think that's awesome. And it, uh, it, it really fits into how people can use those principles when they travel. Like responsible travel is, is part of the whole, the whole idea. And what what kind of things can people uh, do to travel responsibly, like especially relating to our parks? A responsible traveler is is someone that is pra- practicing all these sustainability concepts. Uh, they're they're looking at for, they're looking at communities that are adhering to the sustainability concepts. They are treading lightly if they're going not just to a park, but anywhere in the community, if through federal transportation money, uh, state parks uh, give money for trails in urban areas, um, we want that trail system also to have a tread lightly um, principle uh, around it. We really need to get the public to sort of think that it doesn't make a difference if it's your backyard, if it's your neighborhood, or if it's the most pristine, you know, state or national park in, in a state, we just need to be um, sort of on our toes and doing things in a more responsible and a caring way is another uh, word that is is helpful for people to sort of understand what a Tread Lightly program might entail. And we've got a resource on our website that people can learn a little bit more about that. It's uh, azstateparks.com slash recreate responsibly. Yeah. And we're going to, whatever we talk about with Christine today, we're going to throw some uh, links in the show notes to stuff that you can get more information about uh, sustainable tourism and how you can be a responsible traveler. Definitely. 
possibly every hike someone does, every vacation someone takes, it's about looking at those lists and saying, I'm going to do better at two of these on this trip. And then eventually a person might be actually carrying out all those principles within every trip they take. Oh, yeah, because I think once people, especially when you're new to parks and things like that, you don't really know necessarily what what to do and how to respect that land. And so I think that, you know, kind of starting small with things like that. I mean, you can take a trash bag with you. You can use a reusable water bottle, just little things like that that can make a huge difference if more people do them. And especially we have like, you know, trash receptacles in the park so that you're not leaving things along the trail. Um and those kinds of people turn into the kinds of people that are organizing these cleanups and that are part of, you know, Keep Nature Wild and Natural Restorations and these other organizations that do really great work in the outdoors on like a larger scale. Oh, 100%. And then what, if they start paying attention to these uh, these ideas now, I mean, it becomes part of who they are and then it's just second nature. Exactly. You know, I love it. And- yeah, I think we're on a, a sort of a climbing tidal wave that, hopefully just cresting, meaning five or 10 years ago, I think just, you know, a handful of individuals, often they were called extreme environmentalists, but with sustainability and the messaging and and the encouragement, we're seeing more people adapt. And particularly if schools can get at this, then the kids can be infiltrating households and maybe changing their parents. And that's what I saw a little bit uh, with new park users with covid that um, there there were some lessons that needed to be learned in terms of park etiquette and practices. And and sometimes I saw, you know, the kids sort of doing the right thing and the parents not. Hey, everybody. We're going to take a quick break from the show to talk about something that might help some of you enjoy Arizona State Parks even more. That's right, Randy. I think the listeners might appreciate some real talk about cabin and campground experiences in the parks and how staying overnight can enhance their experiences. Great idea, because you know, Neil and I have had a chance to experience a lot of the parks and have a ton of memorable stories about each of them. It's just so convenient to wake up and start exploring right from your cabin or the campground. No drive, no racing the sunrise, just wake up and you're already there. If you like watching birds or wildlife, there's no better time than the morning to see them in action. I love being able to hit the trail early and see deer and birds just doing their thing. And since I'm already there, I don't have to wake up super early to get there. You know, some people just like to wake up and enjoy the sunrise with a cup of coffee before enjoying the park. And that's okay, too. I think we all deserve a relaxing morning once in a while. State park cabins or campgrounds are such a great place to relax, too. Right. Or you can have the best of both worlds. Oh, great. Are you going to talk about fishing? Of course I am. Fishing is relaxation and adventure all wrapped up in one amazing package. And when you wake up in a cabin or campsite, you're already near the lake and can take advantage of the best fishing time when the fish are active. So you're telling them if they stay in one of our campgrounds or in a cabin, they're going to catch more fish? Well, kind of, I guess. Well, regardless of how you want to enjoy a park experience, if you spend the night, you will open up your options. To learn more about our cabins and campsites, go to azstateparks.com reserve and book your future memories. Man, now I want to go fishing. So you talked a little bit about the community level and organizers. Um, Sedona recently put together a sustainable tourism plan. Um, can you talk a little bit about your involvement with that and what that's all about? Uh, yes. Uh, Sedona truly is a leader in, in our state. And their need for a sustainable tourism plan really came out 
of an outcry from the community. Uh, residents were um, just almost on a daily basis. The season didn't matter anymore. Just, I'll say, hordes of, of visitors. Um, and as Sedona was promoted more by itself, by the state, as well as just travel writers, just more and more people, international visitors, um, a lot of Phoenicians that have visitors and they drive them up to Sedona to see it for the day or a weekend. And some of the, the, um, the pains of that level of tourism were, were really showing. And so through the Chamber of Commerce and I'm um, really Jennifer Wesselhoff, um, she, she led a, um, uh, a concept, um, with the mayor, with the city council, with her chamber membership, which includes the Tourism Bureau, to put out an RFP to actually do a plan to try to engage the community. And there wasn't consensus on everything, but now they have a plan that the state parks are involved, the Forest Service is involved, tribes are involved, the government officials various community groups, and importantly, the business leaders, as well as uh, many of the residents who own those businesses. Uh, we also studied visitors and asked them about some of their sustainability um, commitments. And so all this data really informed community conversations that then formed the plan. The plan was presented to the city council and the city manager and the mayor are behind this plan. So that's what's um, relevant about a plan. It's fine to write a plan on your own, but it probably will never get actuated. But Sedona is well on their way to actuating a lot of the ideas that both research and the community brought up in terms of how they can be sustainable, and that will help them solve some of those crowding problems that I talked about in the beginning. With so many heavy hitters involved, like the different agencies and the people involved in this plan, it's uh, it is bound to to have some awesome results. I know that a hank of a slide rock is uh, monitoring the water of uh, Oak Creek up there, and that's one thing that we're doing at parks to uh, ensure that uh, the environment is safe as it can be in that area. Um, I just think it's really cool. So many people are working together for this this common good and all these, like Christine mentioned, the tidal wave is building, mm -hmm. you know, and this is all going to mm -hmm. catch on and it's going to be great as we move forward. And I think we all can just take it upon ourselves to adopt these principles and um, do what we can to make the the world a better place. Yeah. And I think it's all working together. Yes, definitely. Um, and just like having that conversation, that's the first step just to see so many like Neil said, so many different agencies and organizations that are all kind of spearheading this together. Um, that's that's number one. So hopefully we see these programs kind of start all over the state because we definitely want to be a part of them as they come up. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Neil said a little bit about um, kind of taking it upon ourselves and seeing what we can do in our community. We've talked a lot about, um, you know, the Leave No Trace how does someone promote sustainable tourism practices in their own field and in their own position if it's not necessarily a sustainable tourism specific position? That's a great question. Yeah. Thank you. I think, <laughs> read a good classic environmental book like Edward Abbey and Ooh. or Muir and just be inspired by nature and say, I want to do something like this, you know, for my community whether it's working in 
in forestry and and saying that the you know trees are really important and we learn we need to learn how to you know plant in a sustainable forestry way most professions or disciplines now have some form of a sustainability organization or sort of arm to maybe their main um main um you know organiza- professional organization and so it it's really um on each of us to sort of look at, do a little bit of homework, you know, go on Google or like I said, um, read a book and just be inspired and figure out what's the first step, then what's the next step. And again, how you can sort of climb a ladder so that uh, a more of a, a mass of principles or people really brings about a, a larger um, tidal wave again to try to, you know, move. I, I really see this as a paradigm shift. It's a new way of thinking and acting. Definitely. Yeah, it really is. And it's so cool that regardless of industry or sector, wherever you're at, you can interject these principles into the the workplace just as you do in your personal life, into your family and your own network of people. When when positivity gets some momentum behind it, it can do uh, amazing, big, powerful things. Absolutely. So it's just a good idea to... Wherever you're at, just find a way to interject these principles. Yeah. Yes. So, and we talked about how, um, you know, you can interject these principles into places that, um, into workplaces in your life. But say say you want more and say you want to work directly in the uh, the field of sustainable tourism to to make more of an impact. How, how does somebody go about doing that? Again, starts with uh, doing your homework and seeing what schools offer those types of programs. And I'm fortunate to work at ASU uh, when Dr. Crow was hired. One of the first uh, efforts that he had was to put a school of sustainability together. He saw that um, ASU could lead in that area. And then from that, then many programs and colleges have uh, added sustainability to their their title as well as the, the coursework, the, the majors, the minors, and I direct a center for sustainable tourism. And, and we try to do most our work, most of our work in that sustainability um, lens of tourism and parks and recreation. Wow. Are you, now you're crying, Neil. I, I am. Well, I just think <laughs> we, we've covered a lot of stuff today yeah. in like, what, 20 minutes or so? This is, uh, that was cool. This is a really cool conversation, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to add, Christine, that you want want the people to know about? Get involved. And through that involvement, grow your caring for the land and for the people and sort of find your own unique twist on sustainability. There's lots of room for innovation. Another hallmark of Arizona State is, you know, see a problem, find a solution, and through that effort, innovate and be creative. And and you know what I think with this huge surge of new people using the outdoors, uh, some of them are going to to latch on and realize that, wow, I love this. I love nature. I love the natural world. I need to do what I can to um, make sure it's here for a long time. So I think that your your tidal wave analogy is beautiful because it, it really is. And this huge group of people that just got into outdoor recreation is helping build that. And we need to to harness their 
interest and get them involved in these things. And that's, that's just something we're trying to do. And I, and I really appreciate you, Christine, helping us get the word out and to, to dive a little bit deeper into this for the people. Thanks. I really enjoyed talking to uh, Neil and, and Randy this morning and sharing my story. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. And uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, we'd like to talk with you more. Yeah, definitely. So we have a really cool group on Facebook that you can join. It's called Explore AZ State Parks. And we talk about hikes. We're Me and Neil are in there on our personal accounts talking to people and giving tips and all that good stuff. There's um, a lot of cool stuff on there. Definitely. And um, there's a few other things you can do too to help us out. Well, you can subscribe to the podcast. Oh, yeah. If you like the episode, you definitely want to make sure that you know when the next one's coming out. You could probably share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. And I would even go so far as to ask them for a review, Neil. Yeah, I think that, that that's a good point, Randy. We'd love for you to review our podcast. Yeah. So there's like this little button where there's like five stars. We'd love to see five stars on there. That'd be great. Thanks Wait. again, guys. <laughs> Thanks.